everybody. Welcome to Crazy Pinball Podcast. We've got the man himself, you know, a Twitch extraordinaire, Fightful's own, and he's got his own channel with JC Davin, you know, Steven Jensen, the Weekender Man. What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for always supporting me and, and me and Jesse and all the stuff that we got going on. Like, we, we can't thank you enough. And things are going good, man. I had a good Thanksgiving with the family. Watched some football. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, stayed home primarily. You know, hang out with my sister a little bit. It was just a little bit of everything. Sure. So, but it was still sad because it's like another holiday without for a little while but it'll always get better. yeah and and you know i've been i've been there you know what i mean like i lost my mom when i was a teenager and i know exactly i know what that feels like man uh like the holidays and the birthdays and, and all that kind of stuff and um even though like mine's been gone for about almost 20 years now um it's still i'm always thinking about her you know what i mean but it does get easier for sure and you're a good dude you'll get through it but i uh uh, believe it or not, I can actually um, kind of um, understand where you're coming from, but it it, it it's it's you know it, there's nothing that good I can really say other than it does get easier and uh, just you just keep yourself surrounded by people that you that you love, you know what I mean, and and it'll get better. Yeah, that's why I'm just happy that my sister lives with me because if not, I would have gone crazy by now. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know how that I know how that is a feeling, man. Um, but. But yeah, dude, I, I appreciate you having me back on. I, I really do. Anytime. Your open door policy on the YouTube channel should also. Everybody can come in, but they can never come back. <laughs> kind of, I, I'm trying to make the whole YouTube show kind of like the way my mom used to do everything. Everybody can come in, sit and chill. If they can't stay a while, hey, at least you popped in, you popped out. That's, That's cool. Sounds like you had a good mom, a cool mom. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom was the type of person that would leave food for you, make sure I don't touch it. And if I did, I'd slap in the back <laughs> of the head. I love it. Yeah, and there would be beer for, with your name on Hell it. Oh, yeah, too. man. That's what's up. Old school Irish. Ooh, even better. Yeah. That's yeah. what's up, man. Very cool. So this week of wrestling, since we're recording the day before when this episode is going to air, has been insane. The NXT this week was really good. The previous week was really good. Raw, I thought, was pretty good. Um, do you anticipate the momentum that WWE has right now continuing and steamrolling with tonight with SmackDown? Well, it's hard for me to really... I'm not probably the best person to ask about certain WWE things at the moment. I mean, I definitely follow the product. Um, and I think that there... I mean, there are highs... Like, how do I say this? I think that there are things about SmackDown that make it a really, really, really good show. Like, I think Roman Reigns is fantastic. I think what they're doing with him is just is just the best. I think I think he's the most interesting thing going on on any of the brands right now. And this is coming from somebody who, you know, historically speaking, since NXT's really been a thing, I've preferred the NXT brand over Raw and SmackDown for years at this point. So it isn't surprising that NXT has been putting on good shows, but um but the fact that Roman Reigns is doing what he's doing and it's so interesting, um, I think that's a really great sign for SmackDown. You know, that kind of leaves Raw in – it's strange because I'm way less interested in Raw than anything else that he's doing, but that's always been their flagship show. So it, it's it, it's strange, but but I, I, I don't know if that really answers your question. I think that, I think that SmackDown is going to continue to get better because – 
I think that the Roman Reigns storyline is going to basically be the focal point of the show through WrestleMania. And I think there's a lot of really cool stuff they can do with that. I also think that I always thought NXT was at one show, you know, oddly enough, you know, back in the day, brand supremacy, quote unquote, literally years ago was like a huge thing before NXT was on USA, but it was still on the network. But the thing about it, it makes it interesting. Their quote unquote flagship out of all three brands that they own is actually out of all four of them. If you count the UK is still last. Because the UK product is still as is, is good as, you know, the SmackDown product. They're basically neck and neck if you had the UK. Yeah. The talent there is insane. Is insane. You've got Walter over there. You know, you've got, a, you know, amazing talent over there. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, I, I cover uh, NXT UK every weekend for the weekender at Fightful. And um, they put on some really great stuff. That that Walter versus Dragunov match from a few weeks back was probably... It was probably the best match of 2020, like for any company. And and this also, I follow the indies like very closely. And most of my favorite matches this year actually happened on uh, in like various indie territories. Um, but as far as like mainstream goes, like I think that like that was as good as anything I've seen all year. And that was on NXT UK. And then even you have like the overlap now where, you know, Pete Dunn obviously had a long run with that championship was a big part of that brand. And now he's heavily highlighted on the NXT USA show along with Birch and Lorcan and, um, and Pat McAfee and all that. So, and then you also, I mean, Tyler Bate, it feels like they're not really doing anything with, I don't know if he's like hurt or if they're trying to kind of figure out his next, his next move at the moment, but he's another guy who's like going to be a main superstar for that company. If he can stay healthy, cause he's so young and he's so talented. So, I mean, they, they have a lot of really good people over there. They did hint at something when Finn was uh, at the U- UK tapings a long time ago or something like that, that him and Bates would be hinting at something. Yeah. They literally came in front of each other. So, I mean, that would be an awesome match. I it, it, It's exciting to see that Dragunov and Walter match would, is literally right there. But if you have to do all the – the top matches on the mainstream stuff, not the indie stuff. It's interesting to see like NXT, just NXT alone, just the brand and the UK brand lumped together. They probably have nine out of the top 10 matches on mainstream, mainstream. And then there's probably a couple of AEW sprinkling in between, but I mean, matches like the Thatcher, the, the fight pit, the boneyard, you know, the I wasn't a fan of the Cena match with Bray, but I mean, the fight, the empty arena fight, if you want to call it, with Ciampa and, you know, Gargano was really good. I mean, so many good match. Roman and Jay from Hell in the Cell, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, I know it was really, it was goofy how they kind of pre- uh, pre-promoted uh, it the way they did, but I thought that Randy Orton versus Edge in that best wrestling match ever was a really fucking good match. Like, I like that was one of the best matches of the year, even though it was weird that they promoted it before it happened, like it was going to be the best match ever. But um, I got to give that one credit too. Like, the two of them, I thought, had a really damn good match. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's... There, there has been good stuff. I mean, I... I talk about all the time, like at this point, it's no secret. Like I'm definitely an AEW fan. Um, So, you know, if I was looking at like mainstream matches of the year, I look at, you know, a lot of this stuff, like a lot of the stuff that Hangman and Omega did as a tag team, a lot of those matches you could throw in there. 
Um, a lot of the Moxley stuff this year has been great. A lot of Cody stuff has been great. A lot of Young Buck stuff. I mean, there's been a lot of the, – the good thing here is there's been a lot of really good mainstream wrestling, even Impact Wrestling. Like, I've, I've been harping on this for a while. I think Impact on Tuesdays has been consistently better than Raw for months now. And, and that's, that's a show that includes goofy shit like, you know, a murder mystery of who killed – um, Johnny Bravo and all this stuff like it's goofy as hell but like the wrestling on the show and the stories based around the wrestling like the Rich Swan story the Eric Young stuff um, even like the Activision stuff like with Chris Bay and, and Willie Mack and Rahit Raju and all this I mean like they've been putting on damn good shows there's been a lot of really good mainstream wrestling this year e- even without the crowds and stuff and the thing is is that with Impact and I say this all the time they're the one A women's division in the world right now. And NXT, just the women's division in NXT is nipping at their heels. And that would be an interesting to say because a lot of those talents was in NXT at one point. Yeah, yeah, like Deanna Perrazzo would be a perfect example. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you, though. I, I think that Impact Wrestling, uh, as, as a singular brand, like if we don't count – you know, I think we've talked about this before, but – if we're counting NXT, Raw, and SmackDown in NXT UK as like four separate brands and Impact Wrestling as its own brand, of course, I think Impact Wrestling has the best women's roster. And a lot of that has to do with Jordan Grace. I think that Jordan Grace is is still being slept on. And I think she's just a massive star waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of the matches with Jordan recently just to, through YouTube and stuff like that. And also they do put out their stuff on Facebook. Go check that out. That's Yeah. You can watch it live on Twitch for free. And the thing for me is, is that it, it's interesting to see certain evolutions. I mean, Diano was being used just uh, not really well in WWE and NXT. And then all of a sudden she's the knockouts champion and shows her full range. It, it, it's got, I'm th- and I've even said this to a few people out of everybody that's an impact right now that was in WWE, I'm, I really do believe Deanna's the one that will come back and follow the McIntyre route. I can see that happening. Um, it depends. You know, that's what's so interesting about this, like the time we're living in right now. And I don't really know the best way of, of putting this, but it's really crazy to me that there's a whole generation of wrestlers right now that grew up as WWF fans or WWE fans, or even they're getting, we're getting kind of to the age now where, you know, a lot of these people like weren't even alive during like WCW and and ECW and stuff like, but the point is most of them, I grew up probably always wanting to be on the WWE um, roster, like as a part of that show, they grew up wanting to be the WWE champion, but we're in this crazy time now where like, there's so many good options that people like Deanna Perrazzo, like she, from what I understand, she basically quit the company. It was like, like she hadn't been there very long. They weren't doing anything with her. And she was like, this isn't working for me. And they were like, well, we're not going to do anything with you anyway. And they figured out a way to, to get out of it. And to your point, she went over to Impact Wrestling, had probably the best match on Slammiversary against Jordan Grace, which was a card full of really great matches. And, and, uh, and, you know, she immediately became a big player in the company and she's lost the title and won it back since, but you can, so it's, it's one of those things where I could see you're doing the McIntyre thing for sure. Like, I, I think you're on the money with something like that, but there's so many good options now that it's like, 
you know, AEW could really use some of these women that are in impact wrestling, like really badly. And it could really help. And I think Gianna Perrazzo is a perfect example of that, like her and Jordan Grace in particular. <clears throat> but, uh, but I guess my point being, I, I, cause here's the other thing and I won't name names, but, and this is because I don't, I don't want to like burn bridges with any sources that I have, but because I'm so locked in on the indies, I know a lot of managers and a lot of people who run promotions and a lot of the wrestlers and all this stuff. And so I'm constantly hearing about people signing with companies before the news breaks. And it, it kills me by the way, because I would love to be able to tell people like, so they could break these, this news and stuff. But it's also like, I find this stuff out when like five people know, and they're going to know I'm the one snitching and stuff. So I just don't do it. But the point is, I know that there are still definitely people you're going to be seeing popping up in the WWE off of the indies and other promotions that you really wouldn't expect would be interested in the WWE because of their size and, and kind of what they do. Um, so there's still definitely a lot of people that like, they still want to go to the WWE for sure. It's still for sure a big goal of a lot, but on the same, on the same token, I've heard of, of wrestlers, that have straight up been offered WWE you know, performance center deals and NXT deals that have turned them down uh, recently, which are, which were people that I was really surprised turned down the WWE because they're hoping that they can get picked up by, you know, AEW or even a better situation for themselves and their family, even with like impact wrestling and stuff. So it's really, really wild uh, that we're in a time where there's so many you know good options. Well, for me, I'm excited to see what happens with Yana because, you know, I'm a huge fan of hers with everything and the in-depth conversations she's had with Sean is also further that just, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. I mean, I want, you know, to be invested into these people. I don't want to have to be like watching Lana being put <laughs> through a table 10 times and then realize, Oh great. They're going to do something. Yeah. Different. I'm with you. The Lana thing is strange. Like I know there's a lot of people that like her um, and like the story and all that, but like, to me, it's mind blowing because it's like I, as a fan, why would I? Why should I get behind someone who like doesn't stick up for themselves, wins matches by crying on outside of the ring, and keeps getting put through the announce table? Like, how is how is that somebody that I want wrestling for a world championship? Like, it just doesn't. But I know there's a fan base for it. It just doesn't click for me, you know. Yeah, I'm the same way too. <laughs> it's just interesting to see what people like and people don't, but. If have you and I'm gonna say this as if you paid attention to the indies, uh, how long have you been paying attention? Well, I've been watching the indies for a very long time, but like as far as it kind of kind of depends on what what you consider to be the indies, because you know I followed Ring of Honor from pretty much day one. I followed you know Impact back when it was TNA from day one, like the weekly pay per views and all that stuff. But as far as like, I don't even know what you'd call it. Kind of kind of like the what I'd almost call like the IWTV, like the independent wrestling.tv uh, kind of uh, platform that they have now where they've congregated all these, all these companies and stuff. I'd say I've been really, really into it. And like, especially through interviewing wrestlers and stuff, I'd say probably the last four or five years, I've been like really heavily, uh, pay, but let me put it this way for the, probably the last four or five years, I paid more attention to what's been going on in the Indies than what's been going on in the WWE. All right, no, because Sasha Banks, her real name's mm -hmm. Mercedes. She wrestled literally three blocks. Oh hell from yeah, my house. yeah, man, she has a cool real name. It's kind of yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and, and I've, I've seen some of her stuff. Her, like I, I saw it after the fact. Um, like you know, since she became Sasha, I went back and watched some, and yeah, that's really cool that you were able to see that before the rest of the world did. And on top of that, her with Allison K, the match she did with the I Quit match at the Lowell uh, Polish House, that's the place down the street. They literally wrestled both of them at the same time at Chaotic Wrestling, and it's funny that one's a champion and one's an AEW. Who did you say that she was wrestling? She wrestled oh, Allison gotcha. K, I think. Very cool. Yeah, I like Allison, too. She, I think she's, she looks to be – I'd imagine she'll be getting signed soon if she hasn't already. Yeah, and there's one name that I wanted to pick your brain on that nobody's touched. Okay. Tessa Blanchard. And I know nobody's going to, but do you think AEW should sign her just for how bad they need, like, an A1 type of name just to – or do you think Tessa should just wait and see how everything's fall when people come back into well, the past? Tessa's a, an interesting one because, in my opinion, she's the best female wrestler in the world. Like, I, I really believe that. And, and she's super valuable because she's good at intergender wrestling as well. And there's maybe, like, there's, like, her um, – Kylie Ray's pretty good at it. Jordan Grace is good at it. Um, Chris Statlander's good at it. Like, there there are some women that I think are really good at intergender wrestling. And I'm missing names that isn't just them. But the point is, Tess is, like, the best at it, in my opinion. So any company she goes to, there's always the possibility of that also. So she's not just valuable as just a female wrestler – She's valuable because she can wrestle everybody. Um, now, in a company like AEW, and of course we've already seen it in Impact Wrestling, I think that kind of stuff is more likely. I don't really see the WWE going in like an intergender route. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, by the way. I'm just like, just kind of based on history and, and stuff that they've done. But th- the thing with Tessa that that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors with her. Um, the one about her being, like saying like racist stuff and all that. I don't like that. Obviously uh, I don't think anybody does, but I also don't think she should be like permanently crucified for it either. And she's very young and she said some stupid stuff. And I think the people she said it to have, have forgiven her. And I think she, she, people shouldn't hold it against her. If we're going to, if we're going to let, you know, I hate pointing specific cases out, but like Samuel Guevara said a lot of stupid shit also. And like, we're past it now. I feel like, like it was, no one's saying it was right, but like he was young, he was stupid. He said some dumb stuff. He paid the price. He was very embarrassed over it. He had to apologize. The person he did it against wound up accepting the apology and we're, we're moving past it. So I feel like we kind of have to do the same for Tessa. That all being said, her dad works in AEW and the fact that she's not already there is strange to me. Um, because the other factor with Tessa is like the way she left impact wrestling, like she won the world title, like the, the title that only men had held up to that point and wound up. I can't remember what the, the number was, but she basically held their title hostage. And like, I don't know the full story there. I don't know who to blame, but, but she like wouldn't send the title back until they sent her a certain amount of money. And she wouldn't like film promos while she was quarantined, even though they were letting they were saying she could like, video them videotape herself and then send them in and she wasn't doing it. And so, and so I just think, I think there's more to the Tessa thing than what we, what we know, because based on her talent, the example I give, I've given this exact example about Tessa in the past, but I haven't on your show as a Minnesota Vikings fan, long lifelong Vikings fan. We had a player named Randy Moss, one of the best wide receivers in history, in my opinion, like 
you know, the guy is quoted as saying, I play when I want to play. It's all about straight cash, homie. Like he wasn't a good teammate. He didn't sign autographs for fans. He didn't abide by the team's dress code. Um, he mooned, did that fake mooning in Green Bay and all that stuff. But all that being said, you still play that guy on the field because all that other stuff, people can be like, yeah, that's kind of shitty. He seems like kind of a shitty person. But the talent is so undeniable that like you can't just, they can't just be on the bench. You know, it's, so it's, I kind of feel like that about Tessa. Like, I feel like, because the WWE doesn't necessarily need her, but she could definitely help them. Like, she can help anywhere she is. AEW really could use her, and her dad already works there. So, like, the fact she's not there already is, like, it's it's all confusing to me, I guess, is at the end of the day. I mean, right now, also, I pointed out this last week that the idea in my head is that ROH is quietly building up everything out. So her landing in ROH, if they have the, the means to do so, that will create a lot of rumblings. And it, it put, it's kind of like saying, you know, the Red Sox signed Manny Ramirez back in the early 90s, and that literally put all eyes on Boston again. So, and showing that, you know, they got Pedro right afterwards and it's, look what happened in 04, they won a World Series. Something like that could happen in ROH where they just need that one big name and then it just starts snowballing. Yep. I remember that game. exact scenario because Big Poppy left Minnesota to go over to Boston. I remember that. Um, also, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, Ring of Honor, I think that's kind of a stretch. I don't, I don't assume she'll go to Ring of Honor, but if she did, it would be huge for them. Uh, they just revitalized that pure championship that Jonathan Gresham holds, and they're putting together, like you said, a great roster of talent right now. So I, that's that's the thing at the end of the day. Like, I, I think it's undeniable that Tessa Blanchard is an asset to any wrestling company from like a wrestling perspective. Like, she makes every show better. But what's like, I, there has to be more than than that you know what i mean it just doesn't make sense for someone of her talent to just not be anywhere for so long um so i and maybe hey for all i know she's under the aw contract and you know they're just waiting to debut her when there's fans back or something i don't like i don't know it all just kind of be speculation but um it is it is strange to me that she isn't she hasn't showed up anywhere uh and it's been what seems like a year at this point like it, you know, it hasn't been quite that long but it feels like it's been forever yeah, no, it seems like her name's out there, but her face is not even seen. You don't hear much about her on social media either. It's just all quiet. So, you know, it's a good idea just to talk about her because that's a name that's like a big free aging pitcher or, you know, center or, you know, linesman or, you know, even quarterback in the NFL that, you know, people are very very like hiding on it and just you know once she lands it's gonna be like wow that's a big deal yeah well because that's the thing like in the wwe you have a built-in main event a possible like main event of wrestlemania with her and charlotte like immediately you know with like all their history with their dad being horseman and all that stuff like you have high profile stuff so fast with tests in the wwe and in AEW, assuming those would be the two main options like she'd immediately be the focus of the entire division. So uh, with the possibility of wrestling men as well. So I, you know, I'm with you, man. I, uh, I'm interested to see where she winds up and, and I hope we start seeing her soon. Yeah, I do too. So back to NXT, Leon 
freaking rough, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, and I mentioned this on the YouTube show last this week was that people were like making fun of this dude at the beginning of the year when Ciampa was destroying him, Cross was destroying him. People left and right in the WWE in WWE were literally on all three brands taking the guy the witch and beat the crap out of the guy. And lo and behold, towards the tail end of 2020, of the COVID 2020, we are literally saying Leon Ruff, a North American champion. Yeah, it's uh, definitely unexpected, especially in a, comp- in a brand like NXT, which is usually so good about protecting their champions and their championships. Uh, I definitely didn't see this coming. I don't know what else to say, really. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see this one coming. I don't think anybody did. I mean, I think that and Roman coming back was like the two huge things. But do you think this is the closest thing to like the one, two, three kid, the Sean Walton and Razor Ramon kind of thing where he beats Razor and wins and then, you know, off to the races, he one, two, kid, three uh, I mean, character goes? I guess I can kind of see it that way. I, I like the only like back then with like the one, two, three and Razor thing it was like the shock value of that happening. Cause it never really, I can't say it's never been done before, but like on national TV to that degree, a, like a jobber beating a top guy like that, it never really been done like that before. And then it turned into like this story where, uh, you know, razor like took one, two, three kid kind of under his wing and everything eventually. And I can kind of see that happening with like Leon Ruff and um, punishment Martinez or what's his, uh, what's his, Damien Priest. Damien um, Priest, yeah. I, I see that kind of happening, but it's also one of those things, too, where, like, I don't know why they wouldn't have just kept the belt on Damien Priest the whole time. Like, that guy's clearly, like, a massive star waiting to happen and checks every box that WWE's looking for in a superstar. So I, don't, I didn't really get him losing the title to the Gargano to begin with, and then I don't really get Ruff winning it from Gargano because – I feel like Ruff's just going to lose it back to Gargano or maybe he'll lose it to Priest. I I don't know, but I, I just don't see him being this like long-term champion. Maybe he'll surprise me. Like I I don't I have no reason to dislike Leon Ruff by the way. Like he's he's good at what he does. It just the the build just wasn't there. It just he went from like you said, he just went from jobber to champion and NXT champions like those those belts in my opinion, me more than any of the belts in the rest of the WWE, like SmackDown or Raw, like th- those NXT titles, they've done the best at, you know, making them seem like they're important and, and making sure that people holding those titles, they, you know, they have plans for. So it just, it just seemed really out of character for the NXT brand to do something like that. But, for, but then once again, this isn't me shitting all over Leon Ruff. Like if he, for all I know, the guy goes on like a tear and like, defends the title a whole bunch of times and now you have you know a new kind of top guy in the company like i i don't know i don't know how it's going to work out well at this point in the show we talk about match memories and it's a little small version of the show that that's on the youtube channel we did a live one uh this past uh about a week ago over a week ago or so on the 19th and it went really well um so the question I ask all the time is, is that what, what one match or pay-per-view that has changed your life completely to make you to this point? I've asked this to like Jeremy and everybody else. Now I would Ooh, like to ask that question. That's such a tough question. Cause I hadn't thought about it coming into this. So like, I, there's going to probably be a lot to come to mind. I'll try to, uh, 
Mm. So <laughs> I like when I do this. I like asking questions or like what yeah. I didn't expect. I thought maybe you'd ask something like Thanksgiving based or something, which I still didn't really have a great answer for, to be honest. But, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like, so you know what? I'll tell you, this one's going to, this is going to be something no one's going to expect me to say. Um, I'd say probably the most important match that I ever watched and I've never really thought about it like this ever. So I'm, thank you for asking me this question. I've really never thought like this before, but <laughs> probably the match that meant the most to me becoming like, I was already a wrestling fan, but like it was, I, I got to look up the year. It was probably 1997. Um, let's see. Just want to look this up real quick so that I uh, give you an accurate answer here. Um, I'm guessing, yeah, I think this, yep, yep, I found it. All right. So on August 4th, 1997, I would have been, I was born in 88. So what, I would have been eight years old during this. I've been watching wrestling for like probably three or so years. I started watching like 94. Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger on WCW Nitro. Because Hulk Hogan was the heavyweight champion WCW was my favorite company at, at the time, for sure. And Hulk Hogan was like this unbeatable champion. He had spray painted the belt, NWO. All I cared about in my in my life was what was going on in WCW, whether like things were going bad in school or like my mom was sick or anything else. Like all I cared about was WCW. And I still remember going to my friend's house. His name was Tom Jackson. I haven't talked to this guy in probably 20 years. I went over to his house and we were sitting in like his extra like playroom or whatever. And I remember what the room looked like and everything. And me and him sat there and watched Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan for that title on Nitro. And like, I still remember everything about it. I remember the, the torture rack when Hogan tapped out. I remember the rest of the NWO trying to jump in and interfere. And it was something where like, I think about that match as being probably the most important to me as a fan because I loved wrestling already but that was like just a moment that kind of put it all over the top to me where I was like, I can never miss nitro because this, this kind of stuff can happen on any Monday. We can see a new world champion. The NWO can be destroyed. Cause at the time I hated the NWO. Cause I was a, I was a kid. I was cheering for all the baby faces and that, that would be it, man. I, I, I've definitely seen better matches since then for sure. But as far as for me, I think the most important match that I've ever watched as a wrestling fan that kept me, hooked for life on wrestling was, was Lex Luger beating Hulk Hogan for the WCW heavyweight title on August 4th of 1997. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome thing. I'm going to have to look back. I remember a lot of some of the WCW stuff on TV. I remember the moment Goldberg won the United States championship. Yeah, there was, I mean, and he, he won the world title Goldberg uh, from Hogan on Nitro in Atlanta. And I wasn't there, which is like one of my biggest, like, damn it, dad, you should have brought me to the wrestling show moments of my life because my dad didn't, didn't like wrestling or anything. So like he wouldn't take me to the shows when I was younger. So I, I, a lot of my friends who don't even watch wrestling anymore were there live when Goldberg beat Hogan for the belt. But that was another great moment. Um, but the Lex Luger thing happened about a year or so before that. So it was like the first time that was also like the first time that anyone had really like, up to that point, for people who might not have been watching back then or paying attention, 
the NWO was like this force that like just was complete domination. And at one point, DDP kind of got one over on him. Like he diamond cutter the outsiders and stuff, but nobody in the ring was able to take down Hogan up to this point. And when Luger did it, it was just such a big deal to me. And then the Hogan and then the, the Goldberg thing, when he beat Hogan, that was massive as well. That was probably a much bigger moment in history. Um, but and it's probably more remembered, but, uh, but this one happened first, and I guess that's why I'm I'm so fond of it. Also, it made a huge impact in your life, and look where you are right now. Yeah, I, I still still watching a lot of wrestling. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. Depending on who you ask, it was probably either the best or worst thing that's ever happened to me was getting so invested into pro wrestling. <laughs> so. Uh. But um, since you touched into the indies, and I might as well, we're looking at the current rosters of WWE and AEW. Out of everybody in the indie scene, who do you think could be in line, like to be Flair's title reign overall, or like t- Flair Cena, or let's throw Orton if he does seventeen. Like, who do you think is young enough to go after those that amount of titles for? Like someone who's on title. the Indies currently, but like has hasn't been in the WWE kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Wow. For that, that's kind of a specific question. Like, because that's kind of assuming like a whole lot of because you got. I mean, the company's got to get so behind you, you the title, you know, seventeen times or whatever. Um. I don't know if anyone will do that ever again. I think Cena will probably break it before he retires because I think he's tied right now with Flair, right? So. I think yeah. I think Cena will do it right before he's done, like for for good. But man, I will. I'll say this: of anybody that's currently not signed, or it isn't public knowledge that they've signed anywhere, um, the person I think is the most valuable. Mm, I'm gonna answer this in two ways. Okay, the first way to to answer in a in a slightly different the the biggest star I think currently on the indies that I think is going to make him an impact wherever he winds up next. The fastest is Mance Warner. I think that he's got, he has a great character. He has, he's great in the ring. He's, he's crazy. Like he'll do death match. Not that you need the death match stuff on, on mainstream wrestling, but he's willing to do anything, but he can do like just technical wrestling. Also had a really good run in major league wrestling. Um, and, and I've seen him all over the place in the indies. So I think that Mance Warner is probably the one to keep your eye on right now, as far as like, if he wound up in WWE or AEW or even Impact or, or even New Japan, or just throw out every possibility, really. Anywhere he goes, I think he's going to immediately become one of the top guys because he's just that talented. But as far as somebody, like, long-term, that I think is going to be – that could potentially be, like, a world champion over and over and over again, I would say Joshua Bishop. Um, and for those of you who haven't seen Josh Bishop, he's probably – He's probably around 20, 21 years old. Um, he's probably about 6'5", 6'6". Six, six, six. He'd be a big dude. Um, but he's getting bigger and like he's filling out more. And he looks he looks a lot like a, like a shorter uh, Sid Vicious kind of, but like way more athletic. And yeah, and, and he's crazy too. Like he'll do stuff, like he'll, he'll do balcony dives through tables and stuff. But, but he also is just... He's just credible because the second you see him and he's got this intense look, he's currently the AIW world champion. Uh, if anyone wants to check that out, absolute intense wrestling. 
He's the champion right now. Won the title for Matthew Justice um, over the collective weekend. I would say that uh, I'd say because also Bishop is just he's one of those guys who he still shows so much potential and he he hasn't even like hit his prime yet, but he's already like one of the best guys in the Indies in my opinion. So like with I, I, with a couple more years and once he gets into like one of these mainstream companies with his youth and his willingness to do anything and his athleticism and his look, his intensity, I think he checks every single box that any company could be looking for in a world champion. So I'll, uh, I'll give that, that nod to, uh, to Joshua Bishop. So with December rolling around and we just had survivor series, um, who do you think WWE is going to set up towards the rumble for the main event for the rumble? I'm skipping TLC. <laughs> oh yeah, I have. I really don't know. I mean, I would imagine it'll probably be. Uh, I mean, I'd imagine so. And I don't know if plans are going to change because, like, we don't know if there's going to be fans there and all this stuff. But like, I really feel like they're building towards Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. Like, I know that a lot of people say that, and I don't know if it's even possible or not. But that's where the story seems to need to go at some point because it's so clear. Like the head of the table that that family and all that the rock coming back trying to basically you know avenge the rest of the family and and free them from roman basically um but in my opinion i think roman should just beat the rock clean and, and keep it going but that all being said I'd, I'd imagine the next main event for you know the upcoming shows would be roman reigns defending the title against somebody um i guess i don't know who that person is though uh heading into the royal rumble uh on SmackDown, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't even know what, like, Daniel Bryan's doing, but, like, I'm always cool with something like that. But, like, I don't know if there's more family members they can, like, I guess, I guess Jimmy Uso, maybe he's going to get a singles push at Roman when he's ready. Like, maybe, I don't, I don't know. It, Daniel, I think, is going to be lined up for TLC because he already had a, a oh, okay. match That's with Jay. Right. That's right. But, but I, I'm looking past it because obviously they're going to put that match together. And Jimmy's supposed to be back in January. So who do you give Roman? And on top of that, there is a guy who's bald. We did mention his name, and he has a two-match contract with WWE. You have to do at least at some point. So, Well, are you, you talking know, about Goldberg? Are you talking about they Goldberg? were. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, that's probably it. That's probably exactly what it is. Probably right. <laughs> well, it, usually I usually talk about life and stuff like that at this point towards the tail end because, you know, people in the community, they see you, they read all the stuff, and they see you with Jesse on a weekly basis at times. But they don't know a lot about you as a person. And you're, you've already stated to everybody that you've known Cody since high school and stuff like that and the Rhodes family and everything. And we're not going to get into that because you've gone through that. But you're a lot of people don't know you're a huge Twitch gamer in some in your own right. Yeah, I haven't been so much lately, but that's mainly because of the like I'm waiting for certain games to come out. Like I played a lot of Fall Guys uh, for a while, and that's been a lot of fun. And they're coming out with a new season soon for that, so I'll probably get back on that soon. Um, but like I'm really waiting for Retromania Wrestling to drop. That's not going to be till like February though. I can't wait until the AEW game comes out for the consoles uh, with the No Mercy uh, producer and all that. Like, 
So, uh, so yes, I, I've been slacking on Twitch lately, but I appreciate you shouting that out. I, I do intend to, to pick that up again really soon. Well, I mean, are you excited being underneath a part of the Fightful family where you can actually do like what Jeremy does and Joe Pearl does? You could just start streaming wrestling stuff when you feel like it or on the YouTube channel or anything like that. And like what game would you pick for like wrestling or MMA or boxing? Good question. Um, I think that, um, I mean, to answer your first question, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do some Fightful gaming stuff for sure. Um, I think the people doing it currently are doing a great job, but if they have, uh, you know, they got a spot for me, I'd be happy to. I don't know Joe very well. Oh, sorry, Joel very well, but I know him enough to know that, like, I'm definitely cool with the guy. Like, we we share a lot of uh, commonality in our food choices. We both like Jewish foods a lot. That's actually how I started talking <laughs> to him before I even knew he was associated with Fightful, uh, funnily enough. Um, and, uh, and Jeremy and all those guys, I, I like everyone over there, so... Um, I'm not looking to take anyone's spot, of course, but like if they have if they got an open roster spot, I'd be happy to. And uh, as far as games that are currently out, um, well, I still got all my retro stuff. So like I'd love to play No Mercy or WCW NWO Revenge or like one of those. I love the N64 games still. Um, probably my favorite fighting game of all time is called Power Stone. There's two of them. There's Power Stone 1 and 2. And those are for the Sega Dreamcast. I still have those. And um I saw something recently that they're going to be revitalizing that series, I think next year. So uh, very for, for anyone who doesn't know what power stone is, it basically is it, basically super smash brothers before super smash brothers, but like, obviously they're not using like Nintendo characters and stuff, but it's very similar. Like the sandbox kind of use everything as weapons kind of thing. Uh, a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, I'd say maybe, and as far as like new stuff, you know, I, I still, I game the new UFC um, every now and then it's just, kind of similar to the WWE. It's kind of the same game every time it comes out now, so it's hard for me to get really hyped on. Um, The game I've been playing the most lately, and I've I've been debating whether or not to play it on Twitch, and the only reason I haven't is because I don't know if anyone would have any interest in watching, but I've been playing Nintendo Kart Racers 2, which is um, basically Mario Kart, but like Nintendo Kart, or sorry, not Nintendo, Nickelodeon. I'm sorry, Nickelodeon Kart Racers. So it's like you're you're playing as like you know characters from hey hey I hey, but also Spider-Man. they got like the old ones they got like hey Arnold and uh and Rock is Modern Life and like all that kind of stuff in there too and and all the maps are like from like the old '90s cartoons and stuff so it's actually really cool and the gameplay is really good and um and I like Mar- I have a Nintendo Switch I like Mario Kart as well but um but that'd be kind of the stuff I'd want to play I guess but. Like I said before, Retromania Wrestling is going to be awesome, and the AEW game I have really high hopes for. So uh, I think we got a lot of good stuff coming up soon. And if you're listening to this Fightful, if you're listening, I'm yeah. absolutely interested. Hit me up. I would love to do some gaming stuff on the channel. Well, I think him and Joel Pearl have been doing games on Saturday, him being Jeremy Lambert. Um, it, for me – just as somebody to read all the stuff you got, you, Sean and Joe Horbert and Jeremy do, I literally enjoy everything you guys put out. And it just like, I was, I always tell Sean about this as, you know, one of those things. It's like, I'm just happy to be considered if anybody needs me to pl- be plugged in. I'm, I'm always down for something to help out. 
it's just a great honor just to be asked because like a year and a half ago with everything with my mom and I just sitting there watching and reading and everything. And I'm like, it'd be nice to be one day to be on there with Sean or, you know, Jeremy. And it actually happened. All lo and behold, I was at my ex-girlfriend's <laughs> yeah. house at the time. But <laughs> it, it was those things I'm like, thank God my phone was fully charged and stuff, but it was fun. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of what everybody is in the community has done and helped out, you know, just like you have, you know, plus watching you a fall guy is always awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you work. enjoy it, man. There's sometimes the stream is just me and you in there. And I, I appreciate that. I'm not just doing it in front of nobody sometimes. So I, I appreciate you too, man. And uh, just for what it's worth, like that's, that's how I got into the stuff that I do. It's the same kind of mindset and really similar, like back in the, I guess this would have been like the probably around 2008, 2009, 10, like that, that time frame. I was watching what people called YouTube shooters, which were guys who would basically get on YouTube as fans and give their opinion on wrestling. And then that kind of created what was eventually called the YWC, the YouTube wrestling community and all that stuff. And, and at the time that the two biggest names on there were the two guys called Bill and Doug and, they were known for defending impact or TNA wrestling at the time. And uh, they were, they were doing videos that I thought were great because they were out there saying a lot of stuff that I agreed with and no one else was really saying it. And that spawned a, a lot of other people like truth slayer and um, uh, PS power. And there's a whole lot of them. Um, Mark Pearson that I used to watch a, a long time ago. Um, MB wrestler 89 now wrestles uh, as a pro wrestler in California. I mean, some of these guys wound up being pro wrestlers, which is kind of crazy, but um, even guys like monoxide, I'm like just shouting out all these random people, but it's that that's what really got me into it to the point where I was like, one day I would love to be able to, to do something on YouTube. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think it's so cool that people are doing this. And um, Doug from those videos is one of my best friends now. Like he's like, I talked to him probably more than, I talked to him more than anyone in my life, but my brother and my dad probably. And it's like a guy that I only knew because I watched his YouTube videos. Eventually we got to know each other. I started interviewing him. We got to become good friends. And I talked to him earlier today in our Twitter DMs. I mean, it's just, we're constantly talking about football, life, wrestling, MMA. And, and it's just, so I know the feeling, man. It's one of those things where like, I think, I think you're doing all the right, for what it's worth. I'm not the be all end all or no know a whole lot but like i think what you're doing is the right thing because even with like fightful there's no way i could be doing any of the stuff i'm doing for fightful if i wasn't already doing it before fightful came around you know what i mean like like sean would have no interest in me doing a podcast it, I'll, I'll i'll be transparent me doing the weekender the whole process was this sean was doing the show before he was too busy and he needed to do so he needed to use his time elsewhere he was looking for a new host of the weekender I hit him up and said, Hey, I've been doing my own podcast for you know years now. I'd love an opportunity. He said, Hey, can you link me to your show? I linked into my show and I got the job. But if I didn't have that show to begin with, I would have had nothing to link him to. And then like, why would he hire me? You know what I mean? So I think what you're doing and what, and a lot of people who are listening to this, you know, if you, if you enjoy doing it, whether you're getting paid or not, if you enjoy doing it, just do it. Because eventually opportunities do open up, um, you know, and, and even with like my like I'm a full time video editor for a YouTube channel like that's it's I love doing it. But if I but if 
if I wasn't learning how to edit and doing editing for other channels and stuff before this, and if I wasn't doing my podcast, if I wasn't doing all these other things, these people would have never taken a chance on me to begin with. So like, that's it. That's probably the, probably the biggest advice I can give anybody is like, do what you're doing right now with shows like this. Like if you want to talk to wrestlers, reach out to independent wrestlers. A lot of them will give you their time. Reach out to other fans, reach out to journalists, to, to people who do stuff on websites and YouTube and, so start putting together like a little catalog that that when the time comes and in a spot's open, you have something to show. And and that's how I think people get the best opportunities in, in the kind of stuff that that I do. It, it's also for me, at least this is cathartic because of the fact that I can use this as a form of therapy just to get through everything. And I think with now I bring in quote unquote the tag team partner about this. DK Wild Boy, he's got the bug now, so I think it's going to be something he'll be doing if going into 2021. As has been announced, he's going to be doing a show, and I'm going to open a channel for him to give him that opportunity. I'm, it's like kind of like a TV station where people can go in, have a show weekly, and then they could put the thing out underneath the oh, channel. Oh yeah, man, that and sounds great. From there, good for you. So, but. Uh, have after uh, everything on YouTube you've seen, has anybody have ever done a wrestling roundtable um, or anything like that? Not really in the way that you do it, I don't think. I mean, there have been like roundtable discussions and stuff in the past, but there's there's so like kind of the era I was talking about before with like the YouTube shooters back, you know, ten years ago. Every now and then they do stuff like that, but it was way more primitive because like you had to like connect to Skype and then you had to like edit together, all, or you all had to be in the same room. And that kind of stuff. Now, with the way technology is, you can do these roundtables, and like you've like you've been doing them, where like everyone pops up on a screen. It's real time. Uh, the audio and video all sounds and looks good, and like there's a, a program like keeping everything kind of calibrated. And um, so, like to answer your question, no, I haven't seen a whole lot of it like lately, and not not the way that the technology has gotten a lot better recently to where you know, it's, it's way, it's a way better quality than, than the kind of round tables you would have seen like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also good to see how many people want to do this stuff. Like, you know, full discretion on this stuff is like one of the times where Joel Pearl was on all of a sudden I get a message from Jeremy saying, I need the link <laughs> now. Give it to me. I'm not going to argue <laughs> with Jeremy about that. So I was right here. You know, I and that's why the the show is now changed because the YouTube show used to be single regiment, go through everything, ask the person about it, da da da. And now it's like hell with it. Why don't I just do it like a, you guys are coming? Yeah, to visit that's, me I think that's house. the way to go, especially uh, for something new because you know because I'm guilty of it also. Like I have plenty of uh, podcasts that I do where I just straight interview people, and you know. I try to ask some different questions that like people haven't heard a thousand times and stuff. But what I think people are most interested in is just feeling like they're in the room, like they're with their friends, just in the room, kicking it. And that's, I think that's a, a good place to live with what you're doing right now. Like, um, cause it isn't just like a straight, like Q and a show. It's like you said, it's just people dropping in saying, what's up, talking for a while. You can come in, you can leave and, um, and it's just kind of wherever the conversation winds up going, it's not sticking to a format or but some of the best advice I've ever gotten was I have been lucky enough to meet some of my heroes. And one of them is Ariel Hawani who works for ESPN. And 
I, I was a fan of his when he was doing his own show for his own website. And then he eventually, you know, did this career with MMAfighting.com and then became a big face of, you know, ESPN when the UFC moved to that, uh, to that channel and everything. And uh, some of the best advice I ever got from Ariel was, was don't, it was, it was never stick to a script, listen closely and ask good follow-up questions. And, and I think that's important for people to know because, a lot of people, when they get into podcasting or interviewing people and stuff, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having some bullet points, like to kind of, you know, make sure, especially if you get more time than you expected, you have some extra questions to ask. But the most important thing is that people, people listening feel like they're listening to an authentic conversation. So if I ask something and they give me an answer, I'm talking about whatever their answer was. I'm not just going straight into like, Oh, well, also there's this that has nothing to do with what I was just talking about. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, I think follow-up questions are the, are the most important thing of any interview. And the only way to ask good follow-up questions is you have to be listening to the person closely that's talking to you. And um, so I think that that's really, that's something that's helped me greatly. I used to go into interviews with a, a whole bunch of questions in front of me and someone they'd answer. And I'd be so worried about making sure I got the next question in that I wouldn't fully listen. And I'd miss out on really good stuff that I could have talked about when I re-listened to the podcast. Um, and that helped me a lot when I kind of just stopped doing that and just, I'd ask kind of an opening question and just go with whatever went from there. So um, I think that, that that's the way that works the best for me at least. Yeah. I'm just letting it rip and just act like I'm in front of my yeah, friends 100%. just talking. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. but I want to thank you for your time I know you have a lot of things going through um, you know you and Jesse do your shows and it's always amazing to see I'm still trying to get I, I hold assure you I'm not throwing her under the bus right now <laughs> but I assure you I have I have personally told her multiple times to get in contact with you about all that so um, I don't I, I just keep, I just keep blowing her up, but she's also, I mean, she's taking care of her kid and she's pregnant obviously. And I know she has a lot going on too. So, um, but, but I, I assure you, I'm not like, yeah. I haven't blown that off. I, I have hit her up and been like, yo, he's trying to get in touch with you. Like, you know, there's only so much I can do. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah. It's fine because if that round table doesn't that uh, I'm want to do has doesn't go off on a hitch, there's always another time. It's not like it's the it was a it's a good idea to have four out of the five predominant women in the wrestling community sit down and talk about their view of wrestling, not talking about AEW or something like that or specific branch, just an overall look at it and having Hannah is a part of the show it, periodically it helps and think about it this way would you ever thought beforehand when you were doing your show that you would see hannah being on a youtube show <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I, I had no reason to think that channel? she wouldn't but i but i i i'm glad she is she's very knowledgeable she just won the fucking 500 on wrestlerumble.com for the survivor series picking contest so she definitely knows her stuff she might be the uh and on top of that, she's awesome. Oh, by the way, freaking just take. Yeah, the time I'm, I'm happy to see that. I, I'd too. like to have her on my show at some point, also. Um, I've, I, I'm, I'm very impressed by, like, I, I don't know how else to say this. She is the luckiest human being I've ever seen with the amount of belts that she has won off of that website. I'm, I'm not jealous. Like, I'm happy for her, 
but you know what I mean? Like that I've never seen somebody win raffles the way that she does where like there's 4,000 names that she gets picked multiple times. She was like, how the hell does this happen? Um, so shout out to Hannah, like killing it with winning all the belts and the amount of skill it takes to win wrestle rumble contests. I've been doing every pay-per-view that wrestle rumble has done their contest for, for three years now. I've won once ever in all these pay-per-views and Hannah's like always, if she doesn't win, she's always like on the list of like the top 10, top 20 or whatever. So like, um, she definitely knows her shit. So, you know, huge shout out to her for sure. Yeah, much love to <laughs> Hannah Moore, Queen Hannah herself. But I, I can't wait because having her and Jesse, the two people that introduced themselves when I walked into the Fightful chat, and having, you know, Alex and Kayla, the Sheenom and, you know, the Queen of the Ring, and it would be an awesome sight to see. And then, God, if this pulled off and having Denise on all of the predominant women in our community, the top ones that I consider all sitting down and talking about the same thing, that would be mind blowing to a lot of people. Yeah, if that happened. that'd happen. be great. But we'll, but we'll see if that happens. It's something to look forward to. And if it doesn't happen next month, yeah, it, we've got a full year coming up ahead, but uh you know, Steven's got the weekenders, oh, but where can they thing, find you also, my how friend? Much, like, how much you know Kayla, uh, the Sheenom, but, like, I'm really good friends with her. I could definitely link y'all up if you need any help with that. Like, we know each other for real from, like, me living in Nashville and everything. Like, we're actual friends in real life. Um, so. I know. I've gotten into her lot, into the chats and stuff like that, and her oh, yeah. said they would take care of it and do it. It it all depends on their scheduling too. So like I said, if it doesn't happen, it's not going to be like, it's the end of the world if it doesn't happen. But listening, I appreciate it. If you said though, if you need any help, I'm happy to reach out. Um, But yeah, as far as you can follow me on uh, Twitter, fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. I write lists and videos. Uh, I guess you call them scripts. I write scripts for all things MMA on YouTube. And I also edit videos for them. I finished a script a few days ago that'll become a video pretty soon. And I'm currently editing a video that I think will probably go up on the YouTube channel. So working on it, but I'm assuming it'll probably go up on like Sunday. So uh, that's all things MMA on YouTube. Y'all can check that out if you're into mixed martial arts. Uh, my podcast feed's called Fight Talk. You just search Fight Talk. Just look for my name. Comes right up all the major platforms and all that stuff. I do an MMA show with my friend Mose, John Mosley. Uh, every Monday we talk mixed martial arts and then I upload all the audio for me and Jesse over there. I upload any wrestling interviews that I do over there and all that kind of stuff. So that's the fight talk podcast feed. And as you've mentioned multiple times, I, which I appreciate, you know, the fightful select weekender podcast that's every Sunday I dropped it on Monday this past week because there was people cutting down trees outside of my uh, my condo that were way too loud for me to record, but got it off on uh, on Monday this week. So usually on Sundays, Fightful Select Weekender podcast, pretty much talking all non-WWE and AEW stuff, uh, all the indies, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, NXT UK, 205 Live, all that kind of stuff. Shout out to Kurt Stallion, 205 Live, absolutely killing it. I was a big fan of him for years on the indies. Good to see him getting a shot. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. I try to update everything I do on my uh, on my Twitter at talk underscore. And thank you once again for having me on and for all the support, man. Like, 
I really, uh, for me and Jesse, I can't tell you how much it helps, especially over the holidays and stuff to have support from you and, and the others that drop in on our chats. And even when you can't make it and stuff like, you know, we, we know that you're there in spirit, you know, we always try to give you a shout out or two. Um, so, uh, so yeah, thanks again for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. And I'm happy to do this anytime you want me to. Yeah, and my don't wife, forget his yeah, I didn't plug Twitch. it because it's been a minute, but I, I will. It's it's the same as my Twitter. Um, and the cool thing with Twitch, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to my Twitch channel for free, and that gets you like some cool emotes. And you the, the main thing is you don't have to watch commercials. Um, there's nothing I can do about that. If there was a way to just like turn the ads off completely, I would. But the only way to get the ads to go away is to be subscribed. And if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. So I'll throw that out there. Um, while it's free for you, it does get me paid a little a little extra, and uh, that helps out too. But I appreciate that, man. That's twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. Well, this guy's one busy man, and he's got a really good co-host on our show sometimes on Tuesdays talking about pay-per-views and everything. Jesse, you're amazing, just to give you a heads up. But... I can't wait to see what you do on the Twitch channel, especially yeah. if it's just doing go-karts. But check everything out he's been doing. You know, Steven's always a great guy, always been a great person to me. So give everybody a bunch of love. You know what? We got to get you on a round table. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Definitely it's just one of those to. things. I mean, Jesse usually do Tuesday afternoons, but if, if – I, if you guys do a little later in the afternoon or the evening and I don't, it all has to do with my video editing schedule. It depends on when I get a video and when they need it done by. Um, if I'm free, I am 100% down, dude. Like if you give me a date and time and I do not have to do anything else work wise, I am, I'm there. You got it. That's the best part about popping in and out. Next thing you know, you'll be doing what Jeremy did. Yeah, hey, I I, pop in and, at the and very least, the, I could definitely see myself doing time. that soon. And I, I might be, I might be in the middle of working and see you guys are live and be like, you know what? I'm taking a break from work and jump in. So the next time I, I'll tell you this, the next time I see y'all on their live, if I'm not a part of the show, if even if I'm busy, if I see that you are live, if I'm on the internet, I will at the very least drop in to say hello to everybody. Yeah, anytime. Open door policy, and you're Excellent. one of the ones that are more that. welcome to come in anytime. We got a good show coming up. I'm going to try to line up somebody. I haven't figured out that yet. I'm slacking a little bit because of everything with the holidays, the food coma and stuff. Um, you know, check out the show on Tuesday, you know, youtube.com forward slash throwback27. We're going to have the special edition version coming out tomorrow and the regular version, just like everything's the special edition division on Spotify. will have music with it compared to the other one that doesn't. You notice that that's been happening a lot around with all these podcasts that, you know, they've been paying you get if you're developing all this stuff and, you know, they tell you you need to get it cleared through Spotify and usually it's a yes or no answer. But we'll see what happens, but it'll be a fun time and, you know, Check out Steve's stuff. You know, everything is going to be fun. <laughs> Football season is going to be fun, also. So, school biking is something to do and look forward to. Uh, <laughs> but do a good deed, pay it forward. You know, check out the FIFL stuff. Check on the link on, 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 if you ever check out the shows, check out Sisters Custom Designs. 
they did a shirt for the show and it uh, did really well. Um, they're doing a special for Black Friday right now. So if you're not part of the group, go to the, the previous show and check, click the link and become a, fr- a member on there. And, you know, Crystal and, you know, Kristen do a lot of great things. And a lot of those designs are really good. So, I mean, check them out and check out Fifle and, you know, yeah check out the man's weekender stuff. It's amazing all the time. You know, check out Sean and everybody else too. And Jeremy and Joe. So like I said, do a good deed, pay it forward. Just have a good night guys. Enjoy watching SmackDown and we'll have fun next week. All right.